Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Shups and Preds podcast. This week we'll be recapping week two, preding week three, talking fantasy, talking who's who's making big gains, who's being weak, who's in the basement, all the things you come to a Shups and Preds podcast for. Even though we went too strong last week, this week we're back to our four-person rotation with myself, John, Tyler, Matt, and Peter. Everybody say hello. You're getting a hello. little less. You're getting a little less, John and I, which I know you really enjoyed. So, oh. yeah, you guys did great. More I, Pete, baby. <laughs> I was surprised, John, that Victor Kui didn't come up until very late in the the pod. I can't believe that wasn't the lead. I know, dude. I. <laughs> I've I've repressed a lot of memories from that uh, Vancouver weekend, um, so I, I I I'm glad I remembered that a shot a, a bright. Portion. I hope you don't repress them. I hope you suppress them. But if you want to treat them that badly, then go. Repress. I said repressed. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, get your presses right. Ah, ow! The king of presses. Anyway, let's dive right into week two. With the first game of the weekend, it was Montreal at Toronto, Argo's first game of the year. The Montreal Alouettes came up short, falling by a score of 20 to 19. Um, lost on a last-second missed field goal. So a, a field David, to, call it a, to call it a field goal is almost a disservice. To how David short it was. Cote chip shot. It was Jeez. 21 yards. The that's big like a, that's story like, of the like, game. That's a one-foot putt. That's that's it's that is good. that's the equivalent of a one-foot putt. There's a lot of stories to take in. There's, uh, So I'm going to say my third most important story is that Jake Winicky didn't have any catches. That's not going to be sustainable for the Montreal Alouettes offense. Yeah, tell us my fantasy team. My second biggest story. Looks like Andrew Harris is a back. He had great performance, 18 carries, 87 yards. Uh, He's caught a couple out, Caught a couple out of the backfield. He did get hurt at the end of the game, however. Um, looks like a hamstring injury. Uh, he was limited in practice uh, today. This is Tuesday, so hopefully he's going to get healthy and be a go for the Argos game this week. But the story of the game is what the Alouettes have got themselves into in this quarterback controversy. Vernon Adams went out there. They played him for four possessions. Uh, he was two for four, 50%. Uh, completion percentage for 14 yards. Um, he did add two carries for 11 yards. Uh, not great. And they put in Trevor Harris. He had a very rough start to the game, but turned it around, made it close late. Uh, in my opinion, he put them in a position to win. They should have won this game. Um, he ended up with 270 yards passing, no touchdowns, one interception, uh, and he also got some good yards on the ground with three carries for 20 yards. I tweeted this out at during the game, and I hold to it. I have no issue with uh, Kahari Jones playing Trevor Harris. Of course he was going to play Trevor Harris at some point. That's the reason T. Harris re-signed there. But you pull Vernon Adams after four possessions, I feel like that undercuts any trust, any credibility. And then you have T. Harris saying this week that they're going to need both of us this year, So, which is true. But how do you – like, I feel like they've just opened a Pandora's box of second-guessing themselves. In week so let's two. Say they, let's Certainly. say – in week two. So let's say this week, unfortunately, it looks like VA is out with COVID, so there's no decision this week. It's that is be so T. 2021. Like, I know. the times, man. But so you're going to have – Let's just say, whatever, week five, they decide to start Harris. They lose. Automatically, it's, well, if you had to start at VA, he would have made plays here, here, and here. And vice versa. You've opened up just a locker room poison pill. I, I don't see how this works out well for them in the long run. Uh, okay. Uh, so I, that's I my do story think, of the game. I do think that they're friendly. I don't think oh, that no, they're I'm not saying I don't, they're not I don't be... think they're pretending to be. So I don't, I don't think the team, I don't think it's going to poison the locker room. Uh, what I do, what I do think is that there's, uh, it's funny because Harris said like, you know, he's like, he even acknowledged the adage. He didn't even pretend to not know it. He goes, I know they say if there's two quarterbacks, you really have no quarterbacks. Yeah. That adage exists because it's real because you have to, yeah. you have none. It doesn't work. No team 
wins splitting it 50-50 between two people as quarterback. It does not work. You don't build continuity. You don't build a consistent – there's no consistency. It works in a single game. It does not work over the course of a season. We've seen it before. It does not happen. You do not win the Grey Cup splitting 50-50 reps between quarterbacks. You can have somebody who comes in and runs it a little bit. Fine. That works, but that's about it. So well, this is a I problem. Mean, I think, this is going to be I a think, problem. Uh, 19 bombers. Um, I think they were. That's you know, a little uh, bit different. No, I think this. Well, what am I thinking of? Maybe You're 18? thinking of Streveler and Caleros. Yeah, well, that was. But Streveler came in as a running quarterback. 19. Like I don't. I know, but that he was it much more than just taking. a short yardage. I think no, he. I, correct. We'd have to go back, but so I guess what I was going to say is that you can't run two quarterbacks that do kind of the same thing. Uh, Harris and, and Adams are not different enough to justify it. They're just Harris is a more stationary kind of classic QB, and and Adams is a, a scrambler. Harris is probably marginally more accurate. VA's definitely got the bigger arm, but is you know a wild card. Yeah. They just like <laughs> they don't no, have complementary strengths agree. or weaknesses. In two in two weeks, we've gone from VA and Willie Stanback. To, we don't know who's quarterback. I, we guess it's Harris for now. And Jeshroon. Things no. have fallen apart real quick. No, but I totally agree with Matt. Talking about the Winnipeg team with Caleros. <coughs> excuse me, and Streveler. Yeah, if you've got one pocket passer and then a quarterback who comes in and does designed running plays, that totally works. I've got nothing. That, that can work. And th- they were not 50-50 repping, though. You know what I mean? No, they were whatever. 80-20, no, 90-10. This setup... I just feel like it puts, and I agree. Also, totally correct what Tyler said. I don't think that these guys are going to be unprofessional about it. I think they they're professionals. They're going to hope that the team wins, but you've put yourself in an unwinnable position because every time something goes wrong, now you're automatically going to say, "Well, we should have had the other guy in there." Well, we we're, in, we're in Masoli Dane. We're in Masoli yeah. Dane territory already. Exactly. I, I I just don't. I just don't see how you can go an entire year doing this to yourself. But that's mine. I don't see how it works. Peter, do you have anything to say on this matter? No, you guys, you guys went for it, man. All right. Um, not no. I, I mean, y'all know I'm a big VA guy. Um, yeah. He's and I, get I, more accurate though. Yeah. No. Absolutely. He's he's wild and honestly, like it seems as though Trevor Harris. I mean, I, a VA not going to play this week. Um, but Trevor Harris is is reliable, and yes. I think for Montreal, that's just what they need. For seasons, we've been talking about how they're right there. Man, they're the most electric team in the CFL, yada, yada, yada. That's not what you I said think, You said BC was. I, I, I'm t- that's why I said y'all, so it was more of a general question or a general statement. I agree. Um, and so I think, I think Trevor Harris is exactly what – what they need at the moment, but obviously, you know, big shout out to my guy, uh, my guy VA. I'd love to see him play. He is he is exciting, but just somebody to keep him keep Montreal grounded at this time would probably be best. Well, and their offenses outside of the quarterback situation, obviously with this stand back injury, they well they've got Jeshroon, so well, I'm not too I, worried. He, there. Unfortunately for Jeshroon, he only averaged. Uh, 3.6 yards per carry. He had 29 yards on eight carries last game. <laughs> yeah. So to your point, John, John uh, running backs had eight carries for the Owls and quarterbacks had 10 carries yeah. for the Owls. So brutal. We buried the Argos a little bit. I feel like it's because we hate them. Uh, no, I, I like no, the Argos. No, no, no. I've made it. I've made it clear that I'm an Argos. Uh, I support them. No. So, but the story of the game is the Owls. They should have won it. They got to get this QB thing figured out. That's all I have to say about that. Let's move on to. Speaking of steady Eddie, though, can we just shout out MBT real quick? Just sort of doesn't put up big stats, but just nope. gets the job done. He does and get the job done. He manages the game. I think that's going to be a common theme for these Toronto Argonauts. They're just going to get it and done. And the rep, the, I'm glad. It's good to see Brandon Banks back. Can we get a little, get a little love for Brandon Banks? A little Absolutely. Speedy B love. It's good to Absolutely. see him get find the end zone. Uh, but yeah, the the I think Toronto is who we think they are, which is if they can play good defense, yeah. MBT doesn't turn the ball over too much, 
They have good receivers, and he spread the ball around. He had Ambles had two catches, Gittins had six, Daniels had four, Franks had, Banks had three, Ken Phillips had three, Andrew Harris had three. The ball was getting around to all the playmakers. So Toronto, sneaky, because well, everybody's losing games in the East, yeah. Toronto is sneaky. Well, we <laughs> Maybe all, could jump out to an early lead in the East. I know in sports we always like to, like to talk about floors and ceilings. I feel like High all floor. the three Eastern teams outside of Toronto both have lower floors and higher ceilings than the Argonauts. Yeah. But if the Argos do what you're talking about, just say steady Eddie, they're going to be in a position there um, come playoff time to win a few games. I would say that's right. Let's move on. Who's going to recap another debacle of a game? Uh, that'll be me. Uh, <laughs> I, the story here is how is it possible that uh, Ottawa did not get into the end zone? It, it's another one of those games where you look at the, the box score, uh, a good box score game, where you'd never guess that uh, with Nate Bahar with 91 yards, Acklin 77, Adam 64, Justin Hardy 55, uh, 85 yards on the ground for Devontae Williams, uh, not in the end zone. No touchdowns. <laughs> no. And it's something we saw a lot last year, especially early going. We attributed it to, you know, COVID, uh, the, the COVID hangover. Um, but, you know, before Winnipeg could spin up, Ottawa got down to the 19 to 30 and the 25, uh, you know, hit, hit some field goals and then missed another uh, short one and it's like that's imperative and what's what's strange is it's not like they're missing anything so I can't explain it uh, it's not like they don't have short yardage guys because Devontae Williams and Justin Hardy were getting it going um, Hardy kind of stepping into that Sinopoly zone um, and then great obviously hands the, on Hardy great hand, and, and then obviously they've got the deep threats and Jeremiah is playing really well a uh, you know twenty seven you know not super a lot of drops you know kind of not uh, super accurate but staying out of trouble but yeah they just uh, they just couldn't get it going in the the red zone and ultimately that just allowed Winnipeg to to chug along yeah. um, it and, and I guess so my two two things the first would be that like you know Ottawa is is gonna have to get in the trenches and make something happen. And then the other one is uh, a really bushly kicking week across the CFL. A um, L- lot of missed kicks. A lot of missed kicks. And it, it seems like I, I tallied it up. They were eight, the league-wide 81%. But, you know, you've got the last game, the Montreal-Toronto game, was, was really embarrassing. Um, seven for ten with a, a missed game winner from, from like 20 yards. 21. <laughs> and then Boris was uh was three for five you know Lord was was fine it was four for five it's not his fault but you really you gotta put that in you, you have got have to make your field goals yeah. uh on the other side of the ball I, I I don't know what to think about this Winnipeg team so my only note is that I I think they're gonna have something good going now that they're sharing more reps between Oliveira and, and Johnny Augustine um, you know, this week really got Johnny Augustine involved. Nothing crazy, um, but not having the Harris uh, threat back there, mixing it up, having something interesting for defenses to prepare for, is going to allow Caleros a little more time and, and you know, obviously. Snaps, preach it. Yeah. So couple things, kind of a, a boring game. This was not a great game. John said this um, was going to be a game of the week. I'm just going to throw that back. Oh, my God. <laughs> John had this. this is it was a game of the week. It was. All right. First of all, let me defend that really quickly. I said it was game of the week because of the questions I had going into it. It was the most intriguing game of the week. I had no promises about the quality of play. <laughs> Yeah, go on. No, I, I mean that's all. Uh, Winnipeg has a good defense. They've, <laughs> they've Dietrich, got a, Nick, Dietrich Nichols is a beast. Three passes defended in the game. That is yeah. They, they've got that is of get a, that is get out of my keep kitchen into stuff. It. And how about, Ottawa? Until, how about Greg Ellingson not being washed? How about Dalton Schoen? Who the I, dude? What? Straight up, 
until she, these... Who is Rashid he? Rasheed Bailey is under... Like, Rasheed Bailey has been a pretty big disappointment so far this year, but he's transitioning to wide out from the slot, so he doesn't get the waggle anymore, so he's got to learn how to play again from a dead stop. But, yeah. Ellingson is, Ellingson is awesome. shouts out. I had kind of written him off, and he is playing pretty well to start the year. He is, although I, I think there's a little bit of growing pains um, yeah. with uh, with the Gelly Man and Caleros. And find that group again. It's, it's hard to believe that that Zach Caleros is a reigning MOP. I I don't know what to say about that. I, we saw. I don't know who's covering the Edmonton game, but I you wonder how much of that is Kenny Lawler. You know that guy can pretty much catch anything um you lose the threat of andrew harris and and zach Kaleros has really regressed so i think he's good i like zach Kaleros. he's is on my Nate team behar the son of joy behar uh it is her second nephew twice removed <laughs> it sounded so convincing i i believe it. <laughs> um no Obviously, I mean, again, I'm going to pat ourselves on the back. We've never been more correct about anything than the Winnipeg prediction. Their defense is good enough to keep the offense in games. And they know, like, they may be the only CFL team who truly knows how to win right now as this as a team and as a cohesive unit and knows how to finish games and get things done. Yeah, that's um, my point, Jen. Until they show me that they're – incapable of getting it done in the fourth quarter i'm just i'm just not gonna gonna shy away from taking winnipeg in every game they play they the the dominance on the defensive side of the ball is i would say so far ahead but definitely far ahead than pretty much every other team in the league and so uh, yeah no that will all get to that definitely no sketches d is is uh paralyzing but no, but to, and to, to Matt's point earlier when he's talking about how is it possible that Ottawa has so many yards and yet so few touchdowns, I think that's just the veteran presence in this defense, the true bend but don't break. Absolutely. They're giving up big plays. I mean, geez, how many bombs has Masoli hit already? But they get their back to the goal line, they tighten up, they force field goals, and they put themselves in position to win. Yep, absolutely. Just a bunch of dogs. Facts. Now here... <laughs> Time for my favorite segment of the week. Tyler, go ahead and review the Calgary-Hamilton <laughs> overtime classic. This is your <laughs> overtime classic. Yeah, that's it. The, the, the last two games played at Tim Hortons Field. Uh, pretty similar in how they ended. Yes. Uh, well, if you haven't, if you don't know this by now, then I don't know why you're even listening to this podcast because you're clearly not interested in CFL football. <laughs> but... The Hamilton Tiger Cats blew a 24-0 lead at home, surrendering 20 points in the fourth quarter. Ooh. And what has to be uh, the, the probably the best defensive play on Calgary's end-of-season highlights and the worst offensive play on Hamilton's end-of-season highlights with the strip score uh, <sighs> on the, the sneak. It's just... Beautiful. I, I can't watch it. As some, as the only member of the podcast who credited Hamilton, I, I'll be honest. I might have done. I might have done this to Hamilton. I, I gloated in the group chat at 20, 24 to three at half. I gloated because I changed my pick from Calgary to Hamilton after I predicted Calgary. So I was looking pretty smart, and then by the end of it, I was feeling pretty stupid. So, <laughs> can this you is a, tell me is cfl football too easy to press I, that was the text the text I is sent it can you 20, tell me can you answer that question um at seven and one i can still say it's not easy to predict <laughs> um hamilton played very well on offense dane dane evans threw for 425 yards you'd have to think 99 times out of 100 if dane evans throws for 425 yards and three touchdowns they're winning that game. They did not. Uh, a couple things here. I think that, that, that we can do. I think I want to hear everybody's opinion. Do you think Hamilton lost the game, or do you think Calgary went and won the game? That's always my question with these. With these. So for Calgary me, won the game. For me, Hamilton lost this game. Uh, I would they, agree with Tyler. They they gave it away. They had the game. They 
they did what a lot of teams last year did, which is just refuse to run the ball with a lead and couldn't run it well. Um, Dane Evans should never be the Hamilton's leading rusher. Um, that STE uh, drop to the interception to end the game, un- uh, unbelievably bad. Like ter- His eyes, if you watch the replay, he's looking downfield like he's going to run it in. And he hasn't even caught the ball yet. Just because he had a guy closing in. Evans put it high with the defender closing it wasn't in that, from behind. It, you can watch it again. It wasn't that high. He, he, it hit him in the numbers. It's, it's, it was bad. It was a bad drop. It was an unforgivably bad drop. STE is better than that, and he's been playing in the CFL long enough to, to, to see the pass. He should have caught the ball. He should have caught the ball. You catch, you catch that ball. Um, I don't know what else to say. I'm, I'm pretty upset about the Pred. I'm not going to lie. It would have been really great to start the season with back-to-back Golden Weeks. Credit to Peter, the Golden Boy, this week. Um, well, what do you, what I, do you think I, I think I think in terms of implications for the season, I think this is more important for Calgary because the top of the West is going to be pretty cutthroat, whereas I think yeah. Hamilton starting 0-2, at least in this game, they, they, they showed the offense is still there, which was we were questioning after the first week. I think we can unquestion the offense. They can definitely put up points. Uh, I think what we have to question is is leadership and the ability to run the ball and 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 uh, and not be one dimensional. Um, to be fair, Kadeem Carey going out after two possessions. I'm I'm talking about Hamilton right now. Oh, okay. Uh, as 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 for as for Cal as for Calgary, uh, this is this is a huge win. This is a huge win uh, because. They started off the game, what I think against two of the best offenses in the in the entire CFL in the first two weeks, and they've gone out there and outscored those teams. Not now the defense needs some tightening up, but they've gone out there and gone head and head with teams that can put up points, and they've been able to put up more points. So now we know they can win shootouts. If they can tighten up the defense, they're going to continue to score a lot of points. Yes, the Kadeem in- carry injury hurts, but Bo Bo found himself this game as somebody who is crying out for Jake Mayer to be the starter. Uh, Bo played his maybe his best game that I've seen him play in a long while, um, and so t- hats off to Calgary. Uh, but I would like to hear. I know Peter's with me on the on the capitulation of Hamilton. Matt and John, I'd like to hear where you where you stand on it. So the reason I would say that Calgary won the game is because of the turnovers they forced, because of the big catches they made. I felt like they went out there and made incredible plays that snatched the game away from Hamilton, like the uh, uh, QB sneak strip sack score to tie the game. Um, I thought there were just a few hustle plays, hard-nosed plays that, now obviously, I think Hamilton fell asleep at the wheel to some extent, uh, but Calgary had to make spectacular plays to get it done, and that they did. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, missing Don Jackson hampers – Hamilton's ability to, you know, to just kind of run it, you know, STE is not a uh, strictly out of the backfield kind of classic running back. So the fact that, that he was the one um, behind the the QB changes the game plan a little bit. So I I don't think they had that option. Um, And, you know, you, you, that, I, I think if we saw them just running the ball and taking a two and out, you know, doing a couple series and then punting, I think we would have been saying the same thing. It's like, you know, why are they not trying to score? Why are you not keeping the intensity up? Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I would also agree with, with John that, that Calgary won this one, and mostly because I don't think that uh, 30 is a crazy amount to score on uh, on Calgary. Yeah. Well, in Calgary, I tweeted this. It's, if they – are somehow figure out a way how to only play second halves for the rest of the season, they're going to go undefeated. <laughs> they're at this week and then last week against Montreal, they over overcame double-digit uh, deficits in both games to win. So hats off to them for that. So I think that yeah, I think we've covered it. It's this was this was game of the season so far. I did say this was going to be game of the week. I meant I meant entertainment wise, and this was very entertaining. It was um, very entertaining. Crushed my soul a little bit, but oh, enter- you know what? It, you needed to be humbled. So I, this was good for I, all of us. I needed it. Yes, you're probably right. Um, now, 
Let's talk Rough Riders, Elks. Yeah, let's Peter. cheer me up. I need to cheer. I need to pick me up, Peter. Take it away. Pick me up. Well, last <laughs> game of the week, we saw the Edmonton Elks almost get it done. But close but no cigar. The balanced Rough Riders uh, got it done 26-16 to 16 at the end. And, I mean, we can talk all we want about Scatch and how consistent they are, how strong their defense is. But I really think the big thing we can take away from this game is that there was a 30-point difference, 35-point difference in loss margins for these Edmonton Elks. Um, and that improvement was seen throughout the field early on in the game. Uh, the defense, and especially that Edmonton secondary, really stepped up, holding Scatch, uh, keeping Scatch out of the end zone, holding him to field goals. Um, and that really kept the game going uh, for him. You know, Edmonton wasn't exactly getting in the end zone themselves. Um, but then you saw those plays from Kenny Lawler. What a catch in the end zone for that first touchdown. Unbelievable. Um, and you saw, you know, signs of Arbuckle getting it together. But then, eventually, obviously, as we saw in the fourth quarter, uh, that Scatch that sketch D line man just put it on Arbuckle, had no time back there to find his weapons, uh, and eventually grinded it out on the offensive end. Um, Jamal Morrow, Whew. I mean, just scorched that uh, Edmonton D. But hey, as Orangetown Assassins head coach Rolly Hortense once said, you must be shitty to get better. Yes. So the Edmonton Elks truly embodied that. Um, I, I think they are not exactly a contender going forward, but certainly are going to be competing, uh, for wins in the coming weeks at Uh, some point, at some point. I mean, as after seeing them play live and getting the performance we got, I think it's hard to kind of give them the respect that they should be getting. Um, but I really do think that this, if the Edmonton defense can just stay together, continue to put uh, together the drives they had, because we saw the Ed, or Saskatchewan's scoring plays were just off of complete breakdowns in the secondary. And so if, if Edmonton can minimize those mistakes, I think we're going to be seeing them compete for games, uh, maybe close the, point, uh, the loss margin a little bit more. We can go from uh, 10 maybe to 5 this coming week against Calgary. Um, but yeah, if, if they could, if Arbuckle can connect with Lawler, maybe balance it out a little bit with the running game. Let's, the running let's, game was certainly Let's lacking. circle back to that at some point. I, I don't know if it's appropriate to talk about the Saskatchewan scoring plays as like breakdowns in the D. It sort, it sort of paints it as, you know, they, oh, they, they just got caught, you know, flat footed, like, oh, we'll get them next time. I, I think it's it's a inherent flaw to the Edmonton defense well, that they but allow. In, but yeah, I, I, I would agree, say but that wasn't present early on. Edmonton's <laughs> inherent flaw on defense is that they are not good. That's what I'm. That's they, what but I'm but at. to Peter's point, there was a drastic uptick in effort oh. and covering one's assignment. So while they may be bad at what they were doing, they're in the right place a lot. And they were only out of place a couple times, which led to scores. Yes, and that O line for Edmonton. The bar is low. The bar is the low. bar is the floor. Must, so yeah, we're gotta, getting you better. Must be shitty to get better. It's the only way it works. And the Edmonton Elks, I, 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 I don't love them in the coming week. I like them, and I, I oh. just, I just want to see Arbuckle. <laughs> I, I want to see Arbuckle get some time in the pocket. Probably to find Kenny Lawler because he can catch just about everything. Yeah. And so and that that's that's got to be the recipe for success. You got to. I mean, also well, as John, you were saying, we can we can talk about it now. We got um, we, we got to balance out the targets. James James Wilder has for seasons been a ve- like top running back. In Feed this him league. the ball. Just give him the rock. And that that's going to open up Kenny Lawler all the time. If they if the Elks continue to be one dimensional with the passing game, then defenses, uh, especially good defenses like Scatch, uh, you can't expect those guys to really give respect to the run game. They're, they've got that covered. Another five another five sacks for Scatch this week. Seventeen of Arbuckle's thirty five attempts were targeted at Lawler. 
and he was spectacular. Yeah. The, the, I would say um, James Butler has the best – James Butler and maybe Nathan Rourke have the best uh, individual performances of the season so far, uh, but this was the best individual receiving performance of the season because he was the only player making plays. Yeah. And now I a couple of those 149 yards are vanity yards that Edmonton just got there on the last drive. Uh, but Lawler was spectacular. If we can just even a little bit spread the rock around yeah. and take some pressure off him, I feel I was I am yeah, I was nothing but thrilled with the Elks performance. They yeah. showed massive massive improvement and I hope we just don't see a week 3 regression to the floor so we'll if see edmonton, if edmonton beats calgary this podcast will burn to the ground oh i will we're recording live right after the game <laughs> it's the week to do it though i mean like i, I if, if anybody can calgary let down i love it if anyone can carve up calgary it's it's kenny lawler and uh, james yeah. wilder so uh, I, I'll, I'll do it I'm doing. No, no, I, I might do it. Do it. Don't do it. Uh, might do it. Save I don't know. But we'll shout. See. But also, like, I I'm think it's right. the same issue. Let's talk Sketch for a second. Same issue they had last year. They really struggle finishing drives. Oh, they cannot get it into the end zone. They They're really struggling getting into the end zone. I it's, don't like the boring take. I love. No, they are boring, man. The Sketch offense. They're Dude, meat like and potatoes. Cody Pajardo, like, 20 for 26, but only 247 yards. Let lay that off. Lay it's off. It's short yardage, dink yeah. and dunk. I like that, they, though. Like, yeah, the, pa- get, the, Patriot, they, the Patriots won six done. The Patriots won six Super Bowls playing like that. So, Cody, yeah. you go ahead and do what you need to do. I think I think, I think that we could say the same. I mean, the, I think the game plan is a bit different, but yeah. – the Blue Bombers are kind of boring. Oh, the boring. Bombers game was the auto but game. The watching Bombers, niche, 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 niche. We're not, we're not going the backwards. The Bombers we're game not... is kind of like. But no, we, we ended that conversation by saying it was boring. Shouts Jamal Morrow. He's a legitimate starting running back. I just think we need to give that like Scotch offensive game plan. A team with we're calling a team with 430 yards of offense boring. That's what you just did. Well, they they I'd say I'd say the boring the boring comment is a fairly common I think take about this sketch team, and I don't think they deserve it. Their defense is exciting. Their offense, they need to get Williams healthy so they can bomb that thing out, air out the rock. They're a good team, but they get they get in a shootout, you know. They, that this, they're they're they in, they're in trouble or with the best of them certainly i can i can do absolutely uh give up that do we have any closing statements on the week that was week two of the cfl season saskatchewan rift riders 2-0 no. this is a true statement uh, um bc lions coming up in the week three that's all i care about eh? that's right all right so with that let's move on to our week three predictions yes god let's go tyler and peter are tied for first going into week three at seven and one a piece um matt is in third technically five at five and three technically and i am in the basement at four and four that's a good four and four if you ask me (laughs) john john has taken a lot of risk at the beginning yes it is a workmanlike four and four so we will talk we will start with the man who's coming off a golden week as we predict rough riders versus alouettes peter who is your pick uh this one was definitely the toughest one of the week for me um, I like a Trevor Harris-led Montreal, um, but as I just pointed out, I'm I'm not I'm taking the consistency. I'm taking I'm taking what I know, and I'm going with the Riders um, to go to get it, to get it done. Um, yeah, I mean, right. Fajardo, as much as he he we can you know crap on him for kind of being lame, he uh, he knows how to win, and I I like that against a team who just does not have that type of momentum with them. Right. Tyler? If the Montreal Alouettes had trouble with Toronto's defense, 
Ugh. they're going to have a major problem with Saskatchewan's I think, I think defense. They're going to have some trouble. So I'm. I think it's going to be Sketch. I do think the game, in keeping with Sketch's thing, may be close at some point in the third quarter, but I I foresee a fair bit of turnovers for Montreal. So and I think those turnovers will turn into the points that decide the game. So give me Sketch. Matt. Yeah, definitely going to be Sketch. Although I think this will be a low-scoring game. Yep. I like that. One. I I don't Good know ball. if I don't. I, I I'm gonna say both are under 20. Whoa! I don't think I don't think that low scoring. Less than I, less than 40 points. I do think Gino Lewis will will ball, ball out again, despite the the loss. Great player. And he'll tweet um, and he'll tweet about his stats or like some. I've video got a I've got a clean catch. sweep of Preds for the Rough Riders. Um, I think it, yep, their defensive line I think is gonna give Montreal fits, especially. With the less mobile Trevor Harris in at quarterback, um, I think Montreal better figure out their running game identity really quick, or else that, I mean, AC Leonard um, and the boys are going to be running with their hair on fire right towards Trevor Harris. So it could be a long night, uh, but I think the Rough Riders get it done. Yeah, I think the a win for Montreal in this game would be that Trevor Harris is is not injured, and they have they have to look at a third option. I, I think that would be a win. I <laughs> um, now we move game of the week, question mark? Game of the week. I, I think this might be the game of the week. It's a, it's, I mean, it's, the, it's, it's a, 0 and 2 versus 2 and 0. Hamilton at Winnipeg. Tyler, what say you? Hamilton cannot lose this game. They know they can't lose this game. Yep. They will not lose this game. They can't. They quite simply can't lose this game. They have to have it. Yep. And I think for that, I think we've seen Winnipeg wobble a little bit, but Ottawa wasn't good enough to push them over. I do think Hamilton will finish some of those drives. Um, I hope that the first half defense of Hamilton from the Calgary game shows up to the game, but I do see... Winnipeg's been sort of showing signs that they might drop a game, and this isn't—I don't think—an indication that they're going to be bad. I just think that Hamilton uh, has knows that they have to can't go start 0 and 3. So to me, like they're just going to be the the hungrier team. Whereas Winnipeg kind of got away with two wins if they lose this yep. one. Yeah. All right, Matt. What about you? Press. I really like that. I I'm right with Tyler on this one. I think this is going to be a higher scoring game, um, and I think uh, you know. Tyler, I don't, I don't, not gonna say I agree with you on this, but Hamilton's looking like they could be a top two offense this year. They've so, won score in second halves of games for that to happen. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I like what I saw out of Hamilton. Uh, so, I, I think they can really. This will be a huge test for uh, the Bombers. Um for their their offense i think that uh it's going to be a higher scoring game and i just think that hamilton has um a little more explosive i mean 425 yards in the air you gotta get it done that's that's a long way to throw yep. so <laughs> hamilton for me yeah ste is not gonna do himself dirty like he did again this week i mean there's just so many boneheaded things that just that, that sneak that the that drop i mean it just i just don't see that happening two weeks in a row I, too, as a shocking, I also have the Thai Cats. For the same reason stated, I think that they are just, they need to win this game. They truly, truly need to win this game. They cannot start the season 0-3. Um, I think that they've got enough veteran players that they are able to rebound from last week. Um, I think score more than six points and a half, hopefully. Um, and they, they figure out a way to get the job done. I wouldn't be surprised if Hamilton won this game by double digits. Oh, that's that I can see a reality. It's also a revenge. It's also so, a re re revenge game. This is, this is revenge like game. why I think it's the game of the week. Like, I think this game, though, as I, I know, I think all of us have led our Preds why we think Hamilton will win versus why we think Winnipeg will lose. But I think this game is going to tell us a lot about Winnipeg 
Because if they're able to do what they did to Ottawa, to Hamilton, where they just grind them out, they shut them down, make them kick field goals, then we got to seriously be like, shit, they're going to maybe do this all season long. Um, but I think this could be a game where, because if Hamilton if Hamilton jumps on Winnipeg 24-0 at the start of the game, I would be shocked if Winnipeg is able to find. They don't have. The, they don't have. Now. They don't have the. They don't have the horses in the stable to deal so with. So I want to see Winnipeg play from behind a deficit of some kind. We saw that. If, I don't know if you guys recall. I think last year was it week three against Toronto, where Toronto jumped on Winnipeg early and Winnipeg didn't have enough to get back, and that was their one real loss of the season last year. They lost I, I also. I, I'm I interested also to see it. if that if something like that happens in this game. Last year, I said if, if you go down ten nothing to Winnipeg, yep. you're basically screwed because they have Andrew mm -hmm. Harris. They're gonna run the ball. You know they have Lawler, um, but I don't feel like that anymore about Winnipeg. I feel like you could not even. go down yeah. ten points to them, yep. but you, and you could get back in the game. I don't, I don't, I don't think teams are gonna feel them. And also, this is just a straight up revenge game for Hamilton, two and for Dane specifically, like two great cups in a row. Like Dane's gonna want to, they they need to win this game, and Dane's gonna be motivated to win this game. I just think that Ooh. they. They're going to have an edge to them that Winnipeg just won't. Peter, sorry, we've ignored your pred. No, no, hey, don't. I, I love the uh, analysis. Um, I am going against the grain. <laughs> and I'll be taking um, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Um, I have right here in my notes, until they show me otherwise... That's a good strategy. I was gonna dog you if you didn't take them because he had said that earlier in the pod. Are, so if you if you had got Hamilton, they would... are my pick to win the Grey Cup. Um, they are my pick for the best team in the CFL. Um, I I will be picking the Blue Bombers um, until they they prove me wrong. And I, I mean, I I really liked what you guys had to say. I I agree, Hamilton. Um, hungry for this win i think i think the hamilton players are are really in need of a win saw a couple of them tweet out yes. just to the the whole city like we're gonna we're gonna figure this out um but i i just don't think this week the the blue bombers know how to get it done and they're gonna expect everybody's best shot every single week so uh i'm not too worried about their preparation in terms of this game before we get into the Saturday doubleheader, I just want to say that if Tyler took the brain power that he uses to check people when they contradict themselves and focused it on solving world hunger, no child would ever go hungry again. And he's got a mind like a steel trap. He, if you contradict yourself, that man comes down you with a quickness. You never see I don't know how I don't know how I'm not in politics. It's kind of Dude, I completely agree. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, we got the first battle of Alberta of the season, Edmonton at Calgary. Um, I think Matt, you I'll start are us off. Spreading first. I'm gonna let Peter take the glory on this one. I don't know think I don't think Edmonton's that good. So yeah. I'm not gonna predict them to win this game uh, and Calgary is going to take it. I think Edmonton has a really good chance at scoring a lot of points. Cool. I, Kenny Lawler could easily go for another hundred yards and a touchdown or two. Um, this would be a good opportunity for James Wilder to, to get going. Um, but I, I think that Calgary is just a stronger overall team. Um, they've got better offense. They've got a better defense. Yes, I agree. Last week on the pod, I said that I would, if, it, if I was looking at a game and it was like 60-40 against Edmonton, I'd pick Edmonton. We're not quite to 60-40 territory. I have more faith in them than I did last week. Um, but I think Calgary more gets like the More like faith that they won't here. embarrass themselves in anything. Dude, which is – that's huge. Yeah, this, yeah, they, yeah, this is all tune in. I've got, I've got Calgary. Uh, I have the Edmonton Elks. I love it. I'm throwing. I'm. I'm. I'm hopping on the faith train. Um, the faith train. Well, I mean, you got to have a little bit of faith. That's certainly the talent's not all there. Is someone going to start um, breaking into breaking into song here? <laughs> I'm. Pro I promise. I. I won't. Um, but I. Uh, no. I. I like uh, what I saw at Edmonton this week. I think Sketch was just a little bit too good. 
Um, and if they can find, I think the scat or the Calgary defense is lacking. And in the first they, half, certainly, certainly. <laughs> but the, I think the Calgary defense uh, gets exposed in certain okay. games, and I'd love to see Kenny and Darrell expose this defense, even though they're my defense in fantasy. I'd love for the Elks to expose this defense um, and quiet everybody down. Tune, everybody can tune the hate down after this win, and uh, we'll be back to full-on Elks football. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me. I wish I had the optimism. Just yeah, that, that would be huge, Peter. I'm really hopeful for that. Um, just want to point out, though, that I don't believe – well, he's not a – yeah, Darrell Walker, there we go. He is was a full participant in practice today with that bum finger that kept him out a week too. So maybe we do see him return to the field uh, on Saturday, which would be great. Be huge. T-Press? I do think that Calgary has poor pass defense based on the first two weeks, or at least a, a middling pass defense, but a great run defense. Aside from that, Jashroon, 70-yard scamper, they've no no running back has more than 20-something yards against them this season. Hamilton couldn't run the ball. I do think that will make Edmonton a bit one-dimensional, and I think that Calgary is going to key in, especially on Lawler. So um, that, combined with the fact that, that Calgary has a stable of receivers that can spread the ball around to, you know, Richie Sandani leads them one week. Uh Jordan leads in the next week. Reggie Bagleton might lead them this week. You know, they, they just, they don't, don't have some, Luther. Yeah. They, they, they don't have somebody you can key in on like that. And I think True. that that's going to cause problems for, for Edmonton. Cause I don't think they have the depth uh, at the defensive back position to handle all those guys. So uh, I see Calgary. I, I do think the margin will be similar to what we saw against, uh, against Saskatchewan, like a, like a 10 point game, something like that. And finally, this is this my, might be game of the week. If, if, I if, if Hamilton Winnipeg is game of the week, this is my this is my what the game I'm most interested in though, because this will definitely give us a better indication of is the BC we saw in Week One something that's going to be. I don't expect them to drop 59, but can they <laughs> still be explosive? Can they be efficient? Um, can they keep Arbuckle upright, protect him? Um, from the pass rush, uh, I'm very. Can they get to the quarterback like they got to Arbuckle? Uh, this this is all about BC. Um, I'm predicting first. I am going to pick the BC Lions. I I want to believe the hype. I want to believe that there's this explosive, just monster that's awakened um, on the western shores of Canada. Um, so I will pick the Lions. Uh, but I, I'm very intrigued, and I think we're going to figure out a lot about them this week. Pete? Yeah, I, uh, I will also be going with the Lions. Um, another tough one, I think, uh, I, I think T-Press said it earlier, Toronto is who we think they are. They're, they're solid. Um, they're they're going to get it done. MBT, quality quarterback. But I, I, I love that BC offense, love Lucky, love yep. Nathan Rourke. Um, I, I, I think, I think they're exciting to watch, and uh, they're they're gonna get it done. This I I, I know they're gonna get it done against Toronto. So last, yeah, last season they they only played each other once, and it was a barn burner. It was a thirty-one twenty-nine win for Toronto. Um, I. That would be interesting if it was that again. This one to me is the hardest one to predict this week. And yep. the the more I think about it, it's do I it I comes down to do I trust Toronto's defense, which has been consistently good since last season, or do I trust BC's offense, which under Nick Rourke, which really I've just seen one game of. Nathan. And Nathan Rourke, sorry. Um and I, I think I just trust the Toronto defense a little bit more. So uh I do think that they are almost, I know they're not as been as recently successful, but I do feel like Toronto might be the, um, with better offense, might be the Winnipeg of the East. 
grind them out games, defense, oh. run the ball with hopefully Harris is healthy. I, I this is one of those preds where like I'm almost like pinging it on on Andrew Harris. I think if Andrew Harris plays, I think Toronto. I feel more a lot more a lot better about Toronto's chances. I am gonna pred Toronto. It's gonna go in the graphics, so I gotta stick with it. I'm going with Toronto. Yeah, love nice. it. Nice. Matt, finish off our week three of Preds. I really like BC. Uh, excited to see what Butler can do. Um, and and I don't know. This might be the I'm trying to think. This might be the best receiving core in the in the league. I think the only receiving core that would rival it would have to be Ottawa. Well, um, I think Cal- I Calgary. Think Calgary I think Calgary, Ottawa. I don't know. So, no, I, I, I think BC is up there. They, they should. Be I also, comp- I don't. I, you guys really, trust, was, you guys I, are really, tr- you guys are really trusting this BC O line after the, after the Elks, who had, like admittedly played better defense in week two, but they don't have a great defense. Toronto has a really good defense. I really think this could Dude, actually be. I mentioned that. A, a punishing game for, for, for Nathan Rourke. I think you. He might get hit a lot, a lot more than he did no, in week I, one. See, I don't think they're going to let him get hit, though. What they did in week one is quick passes, passes out of the back, passes to the running back. Get <laughs> yeah, the ball out of the defense hands. that wasn't that good. I just think Toronto hey, is. But that's that's game planning, though. They weren't going to allow him to take too many hits. So I, I, I think we probably see something similar this week. Okay. Protect that boy. Yeah. Do. Uh, so I, your, I, your pick is the Lions? Mine is the Lions. But no, that's why it's exciting, Tyler, because yeah, Toronto is a team that'll mess you up. Though I do think Shane Ray starting DN for the Argos may be out with a hamstring. I know he was withheld from practice today, I believe. So something to keep an eye on. We were only unanimous on one game. That's exciting. We've had, there's a there's a detractor in each in each one of the the games after that. Yes, I think that I think this is going to be another another good week of games. We're going to try to keep the gloating on the group chat to a minimum this week. Important. <laughs> We've got some important free agency news. Oh, do we? The Lions have signed running back. Oh, yes. Brian Hill, who yeah. had a stint with the Atlanta Falcons of the National Football League I know. of America. This is the th- – all right. This is – I wanted to talk about this. This is the thing with the CFL that really – and I understand why they do it. Players come and go in this league, so they always got to be thinking about the team. But, like, dude, how do you feel if you're James Butler? You just had the best game of your career, and then the team size signs a former NFLer uh, to the roster. I would just be like, really, guys? Like, no, I, th- I think – Thanks? Yeah, I, I agree that um, that would – definitely team and butler i feel like that's like but, but for a, bc if butler yeah. gets hurt who are you gonna put who are you gonna put back there lucky uh no well that no it's not that they didn't need to do it but i just like i agree the same I, thing I hear what I, you're saying i hear it was the saying. same thing i there's always just so many signings and like like i felt now they should have done a better job i think at finding somebody to compete with arbuckle this summer but how do you think arbuckle is felt after that summer of Edmonton signing any quarterback they could possibly find and just like scrambling to find somebody better than him. And then they're like week one, you're our guy, dude, we trust you. It's like, you clearly don't. So I don't know. That's always bugs me, but welcome to the CFL, bud. And let's talk fantasy. Charles Charles Nelson's, Promoted to the first Edmonton team from the practice squad. Yes, Charles Nelson, because the the Elks did did cut Canadian receiver Shy Ross. So let's talk league leaders first, and then we'll get into fantasy. Passing yards, it's still Masoli. Rushing yards, new leader in Jamal Morrow. Um, and in receiving yards, we've got Eugene Lewis. And sacks leader, I've got to scroll back up to the top and change to defense. The sacks leader <laughs> tied um, Pete Robertson for the Riders and Sione Teuhima for the BC Lions, both with three. Wow. So exciting to see where that goes. But now, Matt, let's talk fantasy. Yeah, so it's a good good last week. I think we're all still trying to figure out exactly who is going to be our workhorses. So. 
Um, none of us have cracked 80 uh, so far. Uh, Tyler was really close last week. Um, but this week, Peter and I tied 76.4 points apiece. Uh, I was I got the tiebreaker. I had to make this up. We've never had this happen before. <laughs> uh, the tiebreaker is who's ever had whatever individual player scored the most. So Okay, I like that. Uh, that Gino Lewis had 19.7. Uh, that was over uh, Braylon Addison for you, Peter, at 18.7. Although you I did got second, so I'm, I'm pleased <laughs> with how you fixed that. That's a good way to go about it. Yeah. Um, so uh, behind us was John uh, jumping out of the basement for uh, at least this week. Um, really, all thanks to my main man, Kenny Lawler, 32.9. Um, obviously, VA getting pulled and Kadeem going down with an injury was a, a huge. Uh, huge problem. It was tough, dude. Your starting running back and starting quarterback playing a combined six possessions was not good for the team. Yeah, not not, not good for the brand. Um, and then on uh, for Tyler, uh, really just a down week all around. Um, you know, uh, your leader was Jalen Ackland, which he had a great game, um, but only fourteen point seven points. You know, really important to to get into the end zone. Um, to, to get those points ro- rocked up. Jake Weineke getting blanked was obviously a, a huge bummer. You've been targeted six times this year, guys. <sighs> if you're still listening at this point, you're a diehard. We must start petitioning the uh, Alouettes to try and get Jake Weineke the ball, please. Or trade him. Or, yeah, if Make you don't want to get him used. the ball. He is by far the early season MUP. Oh, easily. Easily. So, all right. And at the uh, uh, overall leaderboard, Tyler is in the lead still, 144.4. But I'm right there behind him, 141.3. And Peter is, is right there behind uh, the both of us, 136.2. But then we have a, a bigger gap for John. Basement boy, Johnny boy. <laughs> at 118. It's very early. Very, very early, but why do we fall, Bruce? See, usually <laughs> the person last at this point in the season is me. Yeah. And so it it, <laughs> it goes downhill from there. And we should talk about though the charity. Imagine, the charity ends now. If you do <laughs> yes. not set your lineup, and if you a player starts a game and you have not put him into your lineup, no more going back and forth. No more, Mister Nice Commish. For reference, no. I, uh, I accidentally, uh, I didn't accidentally, knowingly put Brandon Banks into my lineup uh, after he played a game. Without knowing how he played, though. He just so happened to score a touchdown. Uh, but he, yeah, he managed his way into the Anyway, no more, no more Mr. Nice Guy. That's fair. I understand. I was just too busy l- being tied for first in the predictions pool. This is, I mean, just. Yes, it's true. Yeah. Um, this is a time in the pod where I'm going to say, again, if you're still listening, DM us at Shups and Preds uh, on Twitter or uh, Shups and Preds at gmail.com. Who knows? Maybe uh, we'll feature you on an episode. Maybe you'll get If in you've here. committed an hour of your life to this podcast, let us enjoy. Marshall Ferguson, you. we're talking to you, pal. Doing your, little, doing your little CFL draft name thing. Oh, okay, buddy. All right, pal. All right, stealing, stealing segments. That may have been a segment that old T. Press did. We don't want to fight you. We want to join forces. Well, just don't steal our segments. Steal away. Steal away. I steal away. Credit the pod at least. No, I agree. I agree with that. I'd like an app. I'd like an app. Credit the pod for coming. I'm with you, T. Press. Can't do an all names. Anybody? Any closing notes before we send these? decent people on to enjoy their weekend weekend hope That's you guys are enjoying yourself a nice beaver brew from timmy house yes that is all that's all i've got matt that's that's fine i'll, I'll say that as well same as peter tyler let's go sketch let's go sketch all right go elks hopefully they win even though i predicted against them Uh, And we will talk to you all next week. Peace. Peace.